Hi there, I'm Lori Hellman, a mom to an incredible young adult son on the autism spectrum. My goal when creating the Living the Sky Life podcast three years ago was that the content of each episode bring hope, connection, and some valuable takeaways to each listener. The special needs parenting village is large, so you should never feel like you have to travel this journey alone. If you haven't already, please connect with me through my website, Facebook page, or Instagram account. And let's keep the conversation going after each episode airs. If you are enjoying the podcast and are listening on Apple iTunes, please leave a rating and written review and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for tuning in and subscribing to season three of Living the Sky Life. Hello, and thanks for tuning in for another episode of Living the Sky Life, and also happy St. Patrick's Day. Uh, My guest today, I actually stumbled upon when I was flipping through my Autism Parenting magazine, and um, her company really interested me because uh, as special needs parents, I know from the day of diagnosis, actually from the day of our children's birth, there seems to be a ton of paperwork and doctors and medical records and all kinds of things from school that we need to keep track of. And it seems like as they get older, all of that stuff is still relevant. So Christy uh, developed a company that helps people who aren't good at organizing themselves Um, If they're a caregiver for um, a special needs child or an adult, um, maybe with Alzheimer's or another um, debilitating condition that um, requires a caregiver on their behalf to share all of that information about their medical history at doctor's offices. Um, So I had Christy come on to talk a little bit about her company. So let me give you a little bit about my guest specifically. Uh, Christy Pickrell is a wife mother, and founder and president of Our Little Peace of Mind. Christy's company was designed to help guide families and caregivers who are assisting loved ones that cannot speak for themselves. Most of all, Christy is passionate, caring, and dedicated to advocating for her autistic adult son and helping families in need. She believes it takes a team to care for a loved one with a special need, and everyone is important. So please enjoy my conversation with Christy. So welcome back to another episode of Living the Sky Life. My guest today is Christy Pickrell. Um, I actually found Christy um, in my most recent issue of Autism Parenting Magazine. I was reading through it and um, loved what she has started with her company. So I asked her to be on as a guest and to tell us all about that. So welcome, Christy, to the podcast. Thank you, Lori. I am so glad to be here and I'm glad that somebody read the article. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've written for them too. So I'm like, no one's probably reading this. (laughs) So I'm glad somebody actually read the article and I'm hoping that it makes an impact on the new parents and maybe even the, you know, parents of the older, you know, child, but really wanted to let them know that they're not alone and that they are the best resource for their child. They absolutely are. So um, I guess before we get into your website, um, can you tell us a little bit about your son, Russell? He's uh, 20, how old is he? 22? No. 22 now. He just 22. turned 22. <laughs> um, Russell is, you know, got a list of diagnosis a mile long, mm-hmm. just like any, you know, kid on the spectrum. But honestly, Russell's a big teddy bear. Um, he, he knows what he wants when he wants it. 
Um, his biggest issue is communication. He's nonverbal, but we're coming, we're, we're working around that. Um, as I said in my article, you know, he texts and he writes and recently he just, he got a little frustrated with this. He was trying to tell us he wanted to go somewhere. So my dad had taught him a sign for airplane. Okay. So he was signing airplane and we kept asking, we're trying to get to where he wanted to go on this airplane. And he kept telling us the sky, I guess the airplane's supposed to go in the sky. Mm -hmm. So we said, where do you want the airplane to land? And he goes, the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's very literal. He was very specific. So Mm -hmm. he knew, you know, okay, it has to go in the sky and then it has to go into the ground. So I guess I tell this story because just because he's 22 and nonverbal, you know, there's so much in the, the, our kids' minds mm-hmm. that it's just learning how to reach it. Yeah. And sometimes it takes that long. I was just telling someone the other day that, um, a lot of the parents like you who have children or young adults that are a few years older than my Skylar, um, it's, it's, I've noticed from 18 and they've said from 18 to like 25 is a huge growth period for our kids. Um, especially the nonverbal ones, because I don't know if it's puberty, maturity, their age, whatever it is, but they find a way to communicate with us. Like Skylar just started spelling a year and a half ago and is doing exceptionally well. And that's the only way that I really truly know that he's an 18 year old in there. He knows things 18 year olds know he's not a four-year-old cognitively. Like I kind of assumed maybe he was. So I'm sure you're finding that with Russell too. He's very deliberate, very um, literal with what he says. (laughs) Russell is um, socially, you know, still into the cartoons and the tank and, Mm -hmm. and all of that. But when he hit about 17, 18, he developed, he's always had a stubborn streak. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> that boy is insistent and the master manipulator. Um, it, it, it's been a running joke since preschool. You know, we had him in two different schools and one was like, oh, there's no way he's going to potty train. And the other one's going, what are you talking about? He used, he does it for us. Mm-hmm. And it's all about what, who knows what he can do and what he can get away with, Mm -hmm. you know, but around 17, 18, he just kind of got that little bit more manipulative, a little bit more stubborn, a little bit more opinionated, Mm -hmm. which is really cool to see in some instances. In other instances, you're like, can you just stay my little boy and be nice (laughs) and sweet, you know, but no, he is, he gets that insistence and he, and he's learning to communicate and he's, you know, there's been a huge growth and I completely agree with you. Um, and I, I honestly don't know what it is. It could, mm-hmm. I wonder if it's puberty or just a natural maturity that any young adult goes through. Yeah. But I love to see the ways, the new ways he's expressing himself constantly. Yeah. I mean, there's always hope for um, parents that are maybe in the thick of it right now where their kids are pretty aggressive or the behaviors are kind of off the charts. And we've both probably been there. I know I have. And um, there is light at the end of the tunnel. I just think that 
the more that we open up methods for them to communicate, like with Russell and his texting, I would love if Skylar would text me. And I'm sure that that's to come. Um, his motor planning is still quite delayed. So I think touching those tiny little letters would be really hard for him at this point. But you just know, to see that is remarkable. A suggestion for helping Skylar with that? Sure. Honestly, how Russell learned to spell a magnetic board with letters. Yeah, we had those when he was little. You mean like the little ones you stick them the, in? Not even yeah. the ones you stick them in, just, you know, a just blank, the, metal, the old, yeah. old fashioned magnetic board mm -hmm. with those letters that stick. Um, we used to have a leapfrog that, you know, would you put the letters in? Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, even just the old fashioned letters yeah, that, that we had, <laughs> that, you, that we had, you know, <laughs> and just letting him spell things out with those, those bigger manipulatives, you know, would help. Um, I saw something the other day um, and it's a toddler keyboard and all the keys are much bigger and it's color coded and everything. And it, and I was like, I wish I'd had this when Russell was, and it's for a computer. Yeah. You know, I wish I had had that years ago because Russell loves to spell. He always, that That's was one so of his cool. strong suits. Mm -hmm. He may not have understood what he was spelling, but you know, he copied words. And so, you know, those kind of things, um, just, you know, bigger, you know, it's, you know, there's always ways to adapt everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's what yeah. my training as a special ed major many, many, many years ago was, you know, is, is I had that, I'm fortunate that I had that little bit of an advantage to kind of give me that background and watch how they were doing it 20 years ago before all the technology. Right. And before, you know, everything that they have for kids now. Mm -hmm. But is Russell, aside from texting, does he, is he an iPad, like a big iPad user or, or not really at all? Loves his iPad <laughs> and, um, and he writes, you know, give him just a big pad and a pencil and, you know, it's not completely legible all the time, but it's something. Yeah. And, you know, just rewarding him and engaging with him, you know, and it gives him confidence too. When he finally, you know, like when we were talking about the airplane, we couldn't figure out what he, he, we couldn't understand him, what he was trying to say because of his motor planning and his, his oral motor planning, but we gave him his paper and he was just like, you know, we, where do you want the plane to go? Sky. And then he'd just give you that look, like, come on people. Figure this it is out. Not science here. <laughs> you know, did you ever but, figure out where he wanted to go? Finally, it was grandma and grandpa's house. Oh, that's sweet. He wanted to fly to grandma and grandpa's house. Um, he, he's been trying to talk us into that since Thanksgiving um, because we went on a trip and he was all excited. We were going on this airplane and then we got off at the wrong airport. And he looks at me when we stepped out of the gate and he looks at me and he goes, no. <laughs> Shaking his I'm head. Like, he was he was very upset that we were at the wrong airport because he thought he was going to grandma and grandpa's house. <laughs> oh, and, but, oh man. Well, that's, so he, has he, um, I just want to ask another question about the communication piece. So has he, did he try 
hacks and sign language and like all the things over the years with you being in education, um, having a special education background, I'm sure you tried all of the things. It's so frustrating when that stuff doesn't work. And I've even reintroduced it to Skylar over the years, take a few years off and then I bring it back out and it just didn't seem to resonate with him. So it's all about motivation with Russell. Yeah. Um, you know, we were two and a half getting the ECI early childhood intervention here in Texas and trying to figure out how to get him to help communicate because you knew he wanted things. Well, he was a passy baby. Okay. Love that pacifier. Okay. And it was nightmare trying to get him off of it. But when he was about two and a half, I had a newborn. So I wasn't going to fight him over the pacifier at that point because otherwise he'd just take his sisters. <laughs> so he had dropped it in the dirt. And we had a PEX card for pacifier. Mm -hmm. And we've been trying to teach him that give to get, you know, give us the card to get what you want it. And I took the pacifier and he was so upset and he was crying and he was mad and I went to go wash it. And the next thing I know, here he is shoving that pacifier card in my face. Oh, but he got it. He got it. Yeah. And, you know, it may not be typical communication, but like he learned real fast that my dad, his grandpa would take him to McDonald's. So, and he would get a happy meal. So when grandpa was around, the first thing he'd give grandpa is a happy meal toy. Oh, and you know, so, you know, it's, it's that motivation. It's mm -hmm. finding what motivates them and then working with that. And that's how Russell got it. And once he got it, it was off to the races. Those are the kind of connections though, that like make me tear up every time you physically understand what he's saying. If he's not saying anything, if he's pointing or he's doing what you said with the picture exchange or whatever, just to know that he connects your dad to, or the grandparent to McDonald's. And that's what he thinks of, you know, that's how, you know, they're so cognitively there. They're so smart and people Absolutely. underestimate them all the time. And I've had teachers and therapists say, oh, you've got to do it this way or, oh, you've got to do it that way. And I look at them and I said, I'm not going to deny Russell any method of communication mm -hmm. that works for him. Right. If that means we learn sign, if that means we also work using carry a notebook, if we use carry pecs around the house, or he gives me some kind of toy that represents what he wants. I'm not going to say no to any communication. Yeah. And that's kind of where I put my foot down very early in Russell's is that, and where I learned, I, I was his voice and mm -hmm. I needed to, you know, let him have his voice too. And so I just, I, whatever works, works for your yeah. child. Especially and if it's a combination of all him, the things. And it's a combination. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, nothing works for one child and there's no one teaching method. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, you know, that's what I want parents to understand is use what works, use what motivates them. Yes, you know? I agree. <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly. It's kind of points. Yeah. <laughs> 
you know, my little one with my youngest with potty training, it was the same way. You use what works Mm -hmm. to motivate them. And it's all about getting them motivated. Yep. That is exactly what it is. Well, you know, when we're talking a lot about, um, you know, just nonverbal, um, adults, young adults and into their future as adults. And I know, um, just from, you know, researching your website and all of your things, we're not just talking about special needs children when it comes to the company that you started, um, which is called our little peace of mind. Um, and I want you to tell us all about that. Um, but I know from your experience of caring for a family member with Alzheimer, Alzheimer's and, um, you know, and then of course, Russell, we, as a caregiver do so much. And I've experienced this obviously firsthand with Skylar um, going through the guardianship hearing that we had to do and all the things that come with adulthood. And then, you know, being needing that guardianship to take him to his doctor's appointments and to be able to speak on his behalf, because if we didn't have that, they would continue to ask him questions, which he could not answer. um, And I wouldn't be allowed to be in the room or to, you know, make the medical decisions for him. So why was starting the company that you did so important to you and can you tell us all about it this company was started actually even goes back further than my son and my special education um some of what we do was inspired by me as a teenager caring for a bedridden grandmother my other Mm -hmm. grandmother was bedridden and learning you know working with my grandfather to give him a break and take over when I was 14, 15, and 16, and and could stay with her, Um, you know, tracking, coordinating. There's so much responsibility on a caregiver. And our little peace of mind is let us help you get organized and coordinate that care and give you a jumping off point, especially for those that are just getting that taking on that role you know when you take on a role of being a caregiver whether it is your child whether it is your mom or as a job there's a lot of things going on at one time Mm -hmm. and so with our products we walk you through getting organized you know, um, we walk you through the, the steps of organizing that stack of papers and evals and test results and everything those doctors are throwing at you and brochures. And, you know, it could be a patient that was just recently diagnosed with diabetes and they're walking away. It's like, I've got all this stuff. I don't, you know, I've got to track my meals. Now I got to track my sugar level. Well, by putting all this together in one spot and walking clients through the process individually, we are able to create a system that works just for them and is designed for them. So nothing we do is cookie cutter. Um, I tell people, don't order through the website, honestly. Call the office. Every package comes with a consultation before you buy because we want to make sure what you're getting works for you and your family. Mm -hmm. You know, it's about teaching and helping and maybe preventing some of the 
overwhelming feelings and the frustration and the depression and just not knowing what to do first mm-hmm. as a caregiver is what we're trying to prevent. So if I can save one caregiver, one step in the journey and make it easier for them, that's what we're about. So it's a, um, I know the bulk of it, not to, to demean what it is, um, but it's like a binder system. So it's a binder you- system and it's a resource system, you know, it's, it can be, we're actually offering multiple things. We're kind of reworking the way we sell kits, you know, that people can just put their information. They can call us and say, okay, this is my healthcare situation, or this is my caregiving need. What do I need to put together? And so we'll walk you through. It's just like a a three-year-old autistic new diagnosis doesn't need all the guardianship information. Right. Yet. So we tailor what we put together for them to what their needs are right now. Is it tailored around their individual state where they live? it's, it's tailored to them. Okay. So we will look up information in other States. We will, um, find references for them. Um, we put all their information in one place. So one of the things is when you're got a, you know, one baby in one hand and a toddler in the other, and you're at the pediatrician and they're going, well, here's this card for the ENT or, you know, um, what pharmacy do you want us to call that antibiotic in? And you're thinking, I don't remember the name. It's all right there in that binder. Right there in front of you mm-hmm. is the name of your pharmacy and the phone number for you to show the doctor. Yeah. Or a, a tracking system that says, yeah, we saw the ENT and this is what they're saying. So there's journals in it for them to take notes at appointments. So it's kind of a comprehensive medical system. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's got a place for everything. It would Whether be so, oh, I was just gonna yeah. say, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I was gonna say it's, it would be so helpful at any situation, but how many times have you heard in the 22 years of Russell's life that um, you know parents will say to you with the newly diagnosed child, like, gosh, I just, I, I left there with a diagnosis and I'm like, what do I do now? there, there's no binder, there's no, you know, notebook or whatever for this. And so at least they could contact you. And then you could, I'm from what I'm hearing, you could help them find resources in their area of like support groups or Medicaid waivers and things like that, that they need to start filling out, Mm -hmm. um, you know, give them a sense of control over the massive paperwork. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, I know when Russell was evaluated because he was evaluated in Maryland Mm -hmm. at first at 18 to 20 months, excuse me. And he was then reevaluated in Texas when we moved. And, you know, so the time between the first diagnosis and the pediatrician referring us from 18 was 10 months Mm -hmm. in two states just the amount of paperwork I had to keep up with at that point in time Mm -hmm. transfer was overwhelming. And, and I, I know in the move and in the translation from doctor, even, 
as late as transferring school to school, things get missed. Mm -hmm. So if it's all in that binder and you have it all, you know, there's a, you're a lot less likely to lose that business card that, oh, wait a minute. What was that, that therapist name that was recommended to me or as simple as tax planning, how mm-hmm. often do people lose those receipts from the copays and things like that, that they're trying to get reimbursed? Our binders even have a collection uh, system for those. Yeah. So it's just, it's kind of a comprehensive place to organize everything that is customized to what you need and what system, what place you're in, in your life right now. Yeah. I think that's so helpful. There, there. I feel like I'm on an island sometimes when it comes to organization because I'm over the top OCD with that stuff just because I, you know, when our kids were diagnosed way back when um, there wasn't any, I say this repeatedly on every social media outlet I have and whatever, but there wasn't anything. We were by ourselves. There wasn't social media. There wasn't a way to reach out to anybody and say, compare notes on um our diagnosis situation or whatever. So I've kept folders and folders and folders and folders and stuff. And it's, it's still a lot to have a folder for, you know, age this to this and all of the therapy reports and the IEPs and all of the stuff. I refuse to throw anything away because I feel like someday it's going to click and I'm going to go, you know what, when he was six and they said this, that makes sense now that he's 20 or whatever. So, um, but to have multiple binders. I'm imagining people that have older kids, you just start a binder with them when they're young. And then you just kind of teen years, you'll have more of an update of different things exactly. and then approach adulthood and you have a whole different set of things. So yeah, it is, yeah. it is very much, you know, we are, or I am, you know, I'm an advocate and mm-hmm. I'm a teacher and I'm a mentor. So like I said, if, if I can walk one parent through the process of getting organized, you know, there are, there are a lot of, when I went through, um, Russell's being diagnosed by being diagnosed, we all know that there's a process we mentally have to go through. Mm -hmm. And as parents, you know, it's kind of like the grief process, you know, and I know those first six months, I was so overwhelmed with <laughs> my own feelings and my husband's feelings and dealing with a newborn because Leslie, my daughter was born literally three days after he was diagnosed. Uh-huh. Um, so I was dealing with all of that. The last thing I had any conceptual realization about was organizing all this paperwork. Right. And there's a lot of groups that will tell you, you know, the support groups, oh, you need to start getting organized. You need to put this together. But there are very few people that will sit down with you and walk you through it. Yeah. They'll tell you you need it, but they won't help you do it. Right. That's where we come in. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's so valuable because again, not only do you have a 22 year old. So you have that side of it. Plus you have experience with 
um, elderly care, you know, taking care of parents or whatever. And we all, my really good friend, Jess Ronnie says this all the time. You never know when you're going to become a caregiver for your spouse or something, you know, any we're you know, one day away from an accident that could happen. And then all of a sudden, now you've got your child you're taking care of your spouse gets sick or another child gets sick or your family member, um, your, you know, parents become elderly and they get sick. And then you're like trying to shuffle all this stuff and you're caring for more people. And then of course your own care slips, <laughs> but yeah, and that's one of the big things is that I am trying with this company. One of the things we're really trying to do is give you a system that gives you back some time mm -hmm. that gives you back time to spend with that loved one. I know when my grandmother has had Alzheimer's and she's passed, unfortunately, or fortunately, you know, it's a debilitating yeah. disease. And I, at the end, it was much rather her be in heaven with her husband, but, um, it's just, you waste so much time with the little details that could be spent making those connections and working, you know, and spending time with loved ones mm -hmm. or even taking a minute to breathe yourself. Mm -hmm. And yep. if our little peace of mind can save you 10 minutes a day, to me, that's worth it. Absolutely. Well, what has the response been from um, the the people that you've helped um, from the caregiver side and the physician side. I think you had mentioned in some of your testimonials, maybe on your website, that physicians were so impressed when a, yeah. um, a parent or a caregiver showed up with this binder of like every yeah. question I they mean, had. Even myself, um, mm -hmm. my binder for my son has made my life easier. Um, when he started making those transitions from pediatric to adult care, you know, you're going in with a whole new set of doctors, mm -hmm. a whole new set of paperwork that they're asking you to fill out and they're giving, oh, we need this document. We need this document. And in particular, the one that sticks out the most to me was my son's dentist, because there's all these, my charts and everything out there now. And, but specialists don't necessarily have the same, my chart and the dentist and the vision and all that is, yep. is definitely not going to be in those charts. And I walked in and they gave me this stack of paperwork and I'm like, I'm looking at this thing and I'm going, I'm scanning through everything's in my binder. I handed them the binder and I said, scan what you want. Yeah. <laughs> and away went that magical stack of paper because they all of a sudden had it and they were able to scan it into their system. And I didn't have to spend 20 minutes trying to keep an eye on Russell mm -hmm. and filling out paperwork that was already done. Yeah. That's one of the most, the largest challenges I face taking him anywhere to a doctor's appointment. A lot of times I have to go by myself. And um, they, I, even though I ask, a lot of them won't send me the papers ahead of time to fill out. And I cannot sit there and fill it out because he is, you know, throwing Kleenex boxes and you know, touching strangers and <laughs> flipping chairs and like, whatever. It's like people, and this is not something I can handle right now. And that's one of the reasons we're in development with an app. We're okay. actually developing an app um, so that you can um, have it on your phone. Um, we are 
we're trying, we're hope we're about nine months to a year out from it launching. We're still building it. Um, we're actually getting ready to put a survey up on our website um, to ask clients and interested people what they want in that app, what they want to see in it. I mean, I know what works for me and I, I've been able to create things that work for other clients, but I would love the feedback from future clients. What app, what would that app need to have for them? Okay. And so, yeah, we just, we really want that feedback. And so we're hoping by the end of February, we're going to be able to launch that survey on our website. That's nice. So for now, how do people best reach out to you? And if they do reach out and they have interest in the system, um, is there a free consultation to start with or, or how, what is the process Everybody, from beginning to end? Everything comes with a 30 minute consultation right off the bat. Okay. 30 minute, you can book it right off the website. There's a Zoom link. You can book time on my calendar. You can email info at our little peace of mind. Um, you can call our office. Um, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. Um, and they can just drop us a note on Instagram and we'll get back to them. Um, but what I encourage everybody is there in my article I'm writing right now, ask Christy, people like, you know, why, why can't I do this myself? And I'm not saying you can't, and I'm not saying that our products are right for every situation, but book that 30 minute consultation. Let us at least give you some basic advice, you know, and, and walk you through what will help in mm -hmm. that 30 minute consultation, you're going to get more than just figuring out what you need. You're going to get mom hacks. You're going to get elder care hacks because I've, I have the personal experience mm -hmm. and I know working with different patients. I've worked with stroke victims. I've worked, worked with transplant patients. I've worked with cancer. I've worked with, you know, developmental dementia, Alzheimer's, you name it. I've done, I've worked with all of those types of patients in creating systems that work for them. Mm -hmm. We had a client with dementia and I know this is kind of outside of your, your area, but we were able to keep her in her home six months longer than uh -huh. the hospital or anybody dreamed because we were able to go put systems in place. Yeah. Well, I think that it would be helpful too, just because like, kind of like you said in the beginning, whether it's early diagnosis or it's teen years and you've got other children and you've got other things to do, I guess, knowing that you would be doing the research for me on, you know, I might be, um, adult day programs in my area or, um, assisted living facilities or group homes, or if I'm kind of researching that route now before, you know, my child were to age out of services and things, um, just to have the help extra hand in doing that, because I, I really don't have the time. Maybe, you know, there's all kinds we of scenarios. I'm sure it would be helpful. We don't as caregivers and moms mm -hmm. and, and, you know, we have our jobs, we have our husbands and don't forget them. You know, sometimes we get so wrapped up in caring for the kids and the overwhelming responsibility. We forget about our spouses. And so, 
you know, it's all about peace of mind, giving the client the resources to give them back time. Mm -hmm. Is it always the caregiver that um, you're creating the binders for, or are there some um, people that maybe they're early onset of dementia or like you said, the cancer patients and stuff, they're their own caregiver and they want to be organized because they're sick and they don't have the the energy probably or the time to sit down and gather everything. Okay. I helped my dad put one together. Okay. Um, I've helped my mom put one together. I've helped friends put them together um, just for their own Mm self-care. And just being able to have the capacity of having all the information from all the doc, different doctors. So, you know, we actually partner with the poison control um, because one of the big things with um, medicines and coordinating care with different doctors is drug interactions, right? Mm -hmm. You know, those, the vitamins, and I know Russell takes a ton of vitamins and supplements, but knowing what you know, being able to present the doctor with a comprehensive list of what he's taking so that we don't risk those interactions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I'm thinking of like, um, you know, our parents generation, my parents generation who, you know, are baby boomers ish. And, um, I, I just, I constantly have this conversation with my mom about, um, like when they go to the doctor or whatever, and, and she'll tell me about it and I'll say, well, did you ask them, this. And she's like, well, no, they're just so used to saying, okay, if the doctor tells them to go do this or hands them a prescription for this, I'm like, well, did you tell them that you're taking such and such? And well, no, he didn't ask me. And they just are not of the school of thought to question a physician well, or question of, you know, a pharmacist or whatever to ask questions. They just don't want to be disrespectful. I think they think they're being so if I can't be with them or if, you know, their adult children can't be with them for these things, it'd be nice to be able to, you know, hand over something and say, here, this is everything that you probably need to know. <laughs> the doctor yeah, will probably be so and, appreciative. And, and that's what we, I've done with all my parents, mm-hmm. my in-laws, my parents, you know, um, my, <laughs> everybody my gets my a binder parents. at Christmas. Everybody gets a binder. <laughs> um, you know, everybody got one right off the bat. It's like, okay. Um, And I know that my mom was, has very bad migraines and she was having a drug interaction with a drug. And all of a sudden she didn't know what year it was. Mm. It was interacting with her that much. And dad was like, well, I don't understand what she's taking. And I actually flew to Ohio and I'm like, okay, I know where everything's at. I know all her allergies. I know where she keeps all this stuff. And I put it together in a binder that he could deal with, Mm -hmm. that he could take with him. And, um, and the doctors were just overjoyed because they finally were able to see where the interactions were happening. That's nice. Well, um, you know, in addition, I guess, to the, to the binders and, and how, how much you've seen and witnessed that that's improved, you know, just time or everything involved with being a caregiver, um, along the way, and just being your own, you know, caregiver for your adult son and your family members, have you found a way um, that you would advise people or, or just that you've learned about yourself of how to avoid burnout? Because, you know, the binders are an extra step in helping to avoid that, but there's still a heavy burden. If you are caring for multiple people at the same time um, to just to burn out. 
And that is an amazing question. Um, because I'll be honest, I do burn out. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think any of us going through this journey um, as a caregiver are not going to, but, but learning to ask for help, you know, learning to look at my husband and say, I need you to load the dishwasher tonight. I need a minute to myself, you yeah. know, sharing that responsibility with your spouse or a loved one or a sister or friend, you know, just having that support system. Don't forget to take a few minutes for yourself. And if my husband can't load the dishwasher, it'll be there in the morning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's you know? true. It's so true. And I, I feel like all these years I've, I've recently, you know, said, I'm always shocked when people call and they never ask about me and see how I'm doing. I mean, I don't expect, it's not like I'm a, you know, needy and I need people to do that all the time, but occasionally instead of asking about Skylar or whatever, and how's he doing with spelling, how's whatever, they never finished the statement with, well, how are you doing? Like, you know, are you okay? Are you, do you need a break or anything like that? And so instead of waiting for it, because it's probably not going to come very often, I need to just find the strength within myself to just say, well, I know you didn't ask, but actually I'm struggling. <laughs> Can I just vent to you for a minute yeah. or call a friend and go, I don't need you to say anything. Can you just listen for two seconds? You know, and, I'm, and, I'm upset. <laughs> and that is because, you know, when you're in the caregiver position mm -hmm. and you're a mom and you're balancing all the duties of a mom, wife, caregiver, the most important thing I've learned over the last 22 years, and even, you know, with my grandmother is that the importance, if you don't take a minute to take care of yourself, you're not going to be able to take care of everything else. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll, I'll be the first to admit there. I've had those moments where I've fallen apart and my husband looked at me and like, why are you crying? And I'm like, I'm overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And, but learning to recognize that in yourself and learning to give yourself permission to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it looks yeah, different for everyone. Hardest things. And it's one of the hardest things you can do mm -hmm. because you want to be everything for everybody, but carve out, whether it's 15 minutes a day, mm -hmm. make sure you pencil that in. Yeah. Even you if know, you have to and, just go sit in your car by yourself for, you know, you five know, minutes. I have just... been known to literally get in my car and turn on an audio book yeah. and just sit there and close my eyes. Yep. You know, um, it's, but recognizing you can't do it all yourself and really giving yourself permission to ask for help and permission to take, take time for yourself Yeah, because nobody can tell you to do that. You're going to, I've got it. I've got it. You know, that just kind of makes you be, try to be stronger, but give yourself permission. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's hugely important. Well, and I think, you know, again, going back to your, your company, um, I think any way that you can, you know, deplete all the things that are required of you <laughs> and like, just kind of delegate, I'm horrible at delegating. So if I could 
take something off my plate, that would be helpful. And that's self-care in, it, in its own way is just eliminating all of the chores and responsibilities that oh, we have I to do. Be, I will be the first to admit that, you know, when I look at the bathtub and I'm looking at it and I'm going, oh my God, <laughs> how did it get this bad? And I, and I look at my husband and I look at the ceiling fans and I see all the dust and I'm like, um, I'm calling Maria, you know, <laughs> something's like, got to give, <laughs> something's got to give. I'm going to have somebody come in and do all of it, you yeah. know, just yeah. so I have a clean slate, you know, um, you know, or asking, you know, just walking away. And my husband is so wonderful about that. He sees when I start getting that way and he'll, he'll look at me. I got Russell. I'm gonna go take him to the movies. Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. Just, you know, and just having somebody, it can be a friend. I have a best friend three States away and I will literally call her and I'm like, I just need a distraction. Yeah. Tell me something stupid that happened in your day. I need to forget. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We have to turn it off. Yeah. You have to find a way to do that. You've got to recognize that you, there's an analogy my aunt said. And when I was growing up, you know, and dealing with frustration and anger and all of that, you know, at the beginning of all of this, she says, you only have so much storage in your emotional box in your head. And eventually it's going to overflow. You need to take that minute to empty that box every so often. Purge. (laughs) You've got to purge that box. You've got to purge those emotions because if you don't, they're just going to start overflowing and they're going to overflow into everything. Yep. That's true. That's a good analogy. <laughs> we can't do it all. We're not super women. We try to be, but you know, we try and I, do and what I we can disagree do. a little bit. We are super women, <laughs> but super women know when to take a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Well, I am so glad that I not only read my magazine for that, <laughs> that issue that month, uh, but I found you in there. And I, I just, I always like to take the time to highlight, you know, parents and caregivers and educators and people just trying to do anything to help the rest of the world um, in these situations. Um, it, you know, a binder system or, you know, this may not be appropriate for everyone, but I bet you somebody listening is like, oh my gosh, that would save me so much time. I'm going to call her immediately. So I will be linking up all of your ways um, that they can reach out to you and contact you and, um, you know, talk to you about the system and if it works for them. Um, So I just appreciate you having the idea. (laughs) If, If this interview calms one parent, if this interview allows one parent to say, she's right. I need to give myself permission. Then, Mm -hmm. then that is the biggest success in the world. Yep. Absolutely. That's why I do these and these shows is because, you know, a lot of times hearing it from a stranger makes it come alive Mm -hmm. and real. And someone who's walked in your shoes, it's nice when they, they tell you it's allowed, you're, you're allowed to, to do what you need to do for yourself. Sometimes yeah. we just need someone to tell us it's okay, you know, to give us permission if we can't give it mm-hmm. to ourselves. So 
That's where we're here. Awesome. <laughs> we're, we're all in this together. <laughs> we are. We, you know, we all, us moms got to stick together. Us dads got to stick together. Um, you know, everybody, if every person would pay it forward. And that's what I think of what I'm doing right now is I had, I was so blessed with so many mentors at the beginning of whether it was my education or Russell's diagnosis, I owe it to them to pay it forward. Oh, that's sweet. I agree. I love that mission of yours. <laughs> well, uh, I really, really am so glad to have met you. Um, and I appreciate all the information you shared. Again, your um, company is called Our Little Peace. It's P-E-A-C-E of mind. Um, and I will link up the, the website so people can reach out to you and your social media handles. So thanks so much for your time, Christy. I appreciate it. You are more than welcome, Lori. <laughs> pleasure. <laughs> Take care and have a good rest of your day. I hope you enjoyed this episode you of too. the Sky Life and we'll tune in for the next episode coming soon. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Living the Sky Life podcast within Apple Podcast, Spotify, and Google Play so you'll receive alerts when new episodes are released. Subscribing is the best way to ensure you don't miss a single episode. If you like what you hear, be sure to select the five-star rating, provide feedback, and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for listening.